Have you ever thought about the fact that one day we might be singing that song and then Jesus come? <laughs> Better make sure we're ready. <laughs> be careful what you ask for, they say. <laughs> he is coming back and uh, we're thankful uh, for uh, his appearing. It is great to see you here this evening, both members and visitors alike. We praise God for your attendance, those online. Thank God for you being here with us tonight. Let's go to God in prayer, please. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so very much as we praise your holy and divine name and worship you. We're just so thankful that you've sent Jesus to die on that cruel, cruel cross of Calvary that we might live. We're so thankful, Lord God, for this opportunity to worship you, for this privilege that you've granted unto us, for your salvation and for your patience. And yet, Lord God, help us to remember that this is yet another day in which you granted to us an opportunity to repent of our sins and make our lives right with you. We ask, Lord God, that you will continue to bless us, guide our minds, lead us and direct us, and keep our, our minds away from worldly thought. In Jesus' holy and precious name, we pray and thank thee for be thy will. Amen. The day I found Jesus. Now, tonight's lesson, you're going to have to make it personal for you. I'm going to make it personal for me. I want you to think about the day that you began to actively seek God, and then God gave you the ability to find Him. Think about that tonight as we go through this lesson. The gift of God that we are able to witness, as in James chapter 4 and verse 8, we're able to witness the fact that the heavens have opened and allowed us to find Him As James 4 verse 8 says, draw near unto God and he will draw near to you. We are Christians. We witness that gift of God. God literally drew near to us as we drew near to him. You are witnesses of that today. In Isaiah chapter 55, beginning at verse 6, the Bible says, seek the Lord while he may be found. We sought him and he made himself available to us. We are witnesses to that, being God's children. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. And let him return to the Lord and he will have compassion on him and to our God. For he will abundantly pardon. We are witnesses of the greatness of our God. The second greatest day on this earth for me, participating in my wife's baptism, participating in my children's baptism, right? The day that we found God. God blessed that day. The day that, that I found Him. The day that He changed my world forever. The day that, that if you remember coming out of the waters of baptism, that the way you felt that sigh of relief, knowing that Jesus has truly washed all of your sins away. Oh, happy day, right? Matthew chapter 13. Do you remember that day? Do you remember when you came to the Lord? Sometimes we forget. We become old-fashioned. We become very intelligent. We become superficial. All these things happen to us, and we forget whom it is that we serve. We forget the greatness of our God and what God has done for us. We've forgotten sometimes the day that we found Jesus. And how great that was. How great a day it was. And how great a day it should still remain to be in our hearts. 
It will be just like the day in Matthew 13 and verse 44. Speaking of the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in the field, which a man found and hid, and from joy over it he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking fine pearls, and upon finding one pearl of great value, he went and sold all that he had and bought it. That's the greatness of that day that we have celebrated as God's children. Turn to Acts chapter 19. Do you remember? Do you remember the day that God turned your whole world upside down? Transformed you? Changed you? Forgave you? Verse 18 of Acts 19. After hearing the gospel, the Bible says, Many also of those who have believed, kept coming, confessing, and disclosing their practices. And many of those who practiced magic brought their uh, books together and began burning them in the sight of all. And they counted up the price of them and founded 50,000 pieces of silver. They were not worried about giving things up because of the greatness of that day. Do you remember? Turn to Job chapter 42. The day that you met Jesus, that great an amazing day, the day that you met God. What about the day that you understood Him? The day for the first time you understood the message of God and what, what it is that God was trying to reveal to us. I'm thinking of Job in Job chapter 42, beginning at verse 6, verse 4 rather. Verse 4 says, Hear now, and I will speak, and I will ask thee, and do thou instruct me. I have heard of thee by the hearing of the ear, but now my eye sees thee. Therefore, I retract, I repent in dust and ashes. There's something about meeting God that humbles us. When you meet the perfect, turn to Genesis chapter 32. When we meet God, we can't help but to be humble. Do you remember that day? That great and beautiful day? Remember Isaiah in chapter 6? In chapter 6, Isaiah met God, the angel, the seraphim flew. And he said, woe is me, for I am ruined because I'm a man of unclean lips. Because I'm a man of sin. There's something about meeting God that reminds us of how desperately we need our God. How many of us have forgotten how desperately we need our God? And we've lived our lives at this point as if God doesn't even exist sometimes. We've pretended in our hearts and minds that we are in control, but the reality is we're not in control. What an amazing day it was, the day that we found Jesus. How many of us have forgotten that? How are we living our lives today? Are you living your life as if God doesn't even exist? Are you going back to doing the things that you know you ought not do? You're a child of God. Have you forgotten the day that you found him? In Genesis 32, there's that wow factor. That that wow factor. In verse 30, speaking of Jacob. So Jacob named the place Penel. For he said, I have seen God face to face. Yet my life has been preserved. You know, to meet God. To see, and He doesn't kill you. When you have that, 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 that humbling experience, realizing that I am not, I am not fit. I'm not worthy. But He makes me worthy. If I hadn't seen that, He makes me worthy. And Jacob says, I, I'm not worthy, but, but I'm standing before God, and, but God made me worthy. Wow. Have you forgotten that? That fear. Turn to Judges, please. 
for just a moment. That fear that is in the heart from meeting this great and amazing God. We're going to chapter 6. Judges chapter 6. And how people felt when they, when they found God, when they met God for the very first time. In verse 22, Gideon. When Gideon saw that he was the angel of the Lord, he said, Alas, O Lord God, for now I have seen the angel of the Lord face to face. And the Lord said to him, Peace to you. Do not fear. You shall not die. Because Gideon thought, I'm about to die. You don't see God. You don't see Jesus and live. Don't fear. And we, we sometimes, it seems like, you know, you, you talk to people uh, and, uh, in the world, and even folks in the church, you know, you ever heard them say, when I, when I get to heaven, I'm going to ask God, I'm going to tell talk to God. No, you're not. <laughs> right? Don't lose your fear of God. Don't lose that respect that you have for our great God. Turn to chapter 13. Manoah, remember uh, Manoah and his wife as they were confronted with the angel of the Lord. And if you will, verse 20 of Judges chapter 13, the Bible says, So the angel of the Lord said to Manoah, Let the woman pay attention to all that I said. She should not eat anything that comes from the vine, nor drink wine or strong drink, nor eat any unclean thing. Let her observe all that I command. Then Manoah said to the angel of the Lord, Please let us detain you so that we may prepare a kid for you. I'm sorry, I'm going down to verse 20. I got excited. Verse 20 said, this is Manoah and his wife regarding uh, Samson being born. Verse 20, Judges chapter 13. For it came about when the flame went up from the altar toward heaven that the angel of the Lord ascended in the flame of the altar. And when Manoah and his wife saw this, they fell on their faces to the ground. Now the angel of the Lord appeared no more to Manoah or his wife. Then Manoah knew that he was the angel of the Lord. So Manoah said to his wife, We shall surely die, for we have seen God. But his wife said to him, If the Lord had desired to kill us, he would have accepted a burnt would not have accepted a burnt offering and a grain offering from our hands, nor would he have shown us all these things, nor would he have let us hear these things or things like this at this time. That wow factor, that fear, standing in the presence of God. And, and when you came to Christ and surrendered in the waters of baptism, we were for the very first time as adults, accountable adults, standing in the presence of God. Wow. Do you remember? I know some of you have to think back a long ways, but that's all right. Do you remember? John chapter 3. God bless the day that, that I found him. The God of the heavens and the earth. The God who sits above the cherubim. The God who, who makes each snowflake different. Each, each pattern is different and unique to its own. The creator of the universe, the great universe that we are a part of who makes every human fingerprint different. He who positioned the stars in the universe. Remember the day you found him? The God who loved me, who loved me 
from the very beginning, even when I didn't love myself. John 3.16, For God so loved the world, that includes me, right? That He gave His only begotten Son. The world believes in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Do you remember the day you found Him? John chapter 14. I encourage you not to forget the Lord. You know, spiritually speaking, uh, outside of the Lord, there's Satan. I mean, that's it. There's no, there's nothing else, right? And there's, there's one or the other. There's God, there's Satan. There's good and there's evil. There's no in-between. There's no middle line. There's God or Satan. And we have to remember to choose God. And we have to remember that there is nothing that Satan has for us in this world. You know Satan doesn't even know how to love us. John 14 and verse 30. Jesus says, I will not speak much more with you. For the ruler of the world is coming and he has nothing in me. But that the world may know that I love the Father. And as the Father gave me commandment, even so do I arise. Let us go from here. Talking to the disciples, he says, Satan has nothing in me. And can you imagine that sometimes, shamefully, I jump the fence. You know, I jump the fence over there where Satan is. And then I realize, Satan, there's nothing over here for me. And I climb on the other side of the fence. Stay on the right side of the fence. Stay with Jesus. God who, uh, turn to Jeremiah chapter, uh, chapter 20. The God of the heavens and, uh, the, the blessings that come from the heavens, that come from God, the great God will take our hearts and set it on fire. You lost your fire? We'll talk about that one day soon. Is your light still burning inside? Or has it grown dim? Jeremiah, when, when God comes upon you, Jeremiah chapter 20 and verse 9, God put in Jeremiah this, this amazing fire. He says, but if I say I will remember, I will not remember him or speak any more in his name, then in my heart it becomes like a burning fire shut up in my bones and I'm weary of holding it in. I cannot endure it. You know, you have sin in your life, you need to repent. And your heart's burning saying, you better get it done. But you fight it. <laughs> Don't fight that feeling. Don't fight that understanding that you have when God reveals to you something in your life. When you read his word, you recognize you've sinned. Don't fight what you know to be right. Turn it, turn it around to God. Turn it around to God. The God who sees, the God who fills the empty spot in our lives and sustains us. Matthew 5, Jesus on the, the Sermon of the Mount and, and verse 6 is, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Have you been satisfied by God? Remember? Remember when you can say in your heart honestly and truly that God is everything for me? Remember? Remember the day that you chose to come to Jesus the day you found God, has your light grown dim? Turn back to Isaiah, please. Chapter 40. Chapter 40. If you allow God to enter back, back deep into your heart, God will take away that angry spirit. 
God will take away that, that heart of frustration. God will take away that hatred and fill it with love if you let him. If we let him, he'll, he'll bring into our lives all that we've ever desired from a spiritual perspective to be what God wants us to be. Verse 28 of Isaiah chapter 40. Do you not know? Have you not heard? The everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth does not become weary or tired. His understanding is inscrutable. He gives strength to the weary and to him who lacks mighty increases power. Though youths grow weary and tired and vigorous young men stumble badly, yet those who wait for the Lord will gain new strength. They will mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and not get tired. They will walk and not become weary. Turn to Psalm chapter 9. Because of our great God. Because God will lift us up. Remember? Do you remember the day that you found Him? Do you remember how on fire you were for the Lord? And I ask you tonight, what happened? Psalm 9 and verse 9. The Lord also will be a stronghold for the oppressed, a stronghold in times of trouble. And those who know thy name will put their trust in thee. For thou, O Lord, hast not forsaken those who seek thee. We are witnesses of that. We are witnesses of the fact that God has never let us down. God has never let me down. On the day that I found him. Please turn to Luke chapter 7. When trouble comes, God is there. God bless the day. God bless the day that I found him. Here's what God knew. And here's what God did. God saw something. God saw my needs. God saw my faults. And through baptism... God cleansed my heart. He cleansed me. He rescued me. He didn't just rescue me from the world. He rescued me from me. You know, some folks are living in a suicidal way. They don't even know it. Right? They know what's right, but they reject Jesus Christ. That's suicide. That's spiritual suicide to turn your back on God. God bless the day that I found out. The joy of that humble moment in your life when you were willing to do whatever Jesus wanted to do, even some of us going against our family and our friends just because we found Jesus. We weren't arrogant at that moment. We weren't proud. We were humble like this woman. This woman found Jesus, Mary. Verse 36, the Bible says, Now one of the Pharisees was requesting him to dine with him. And he entered the Pharisee's house and reclined at table. And behold, there was a woman in the city who was a sinner. And when she learned that he was reclining at the table in the Pharisee's house, she brought an alabaster, a vial, a perfume. And standing behind him at his feet, weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears and kept wiping them with her hair, the hair of her, excuse me, the hair of her head and kissing his feet and anointing him with the perfume. Skip down to verse 44. And turning toward the woman, he said to Simon, Do you see this woman? I entered your house. You gave me no water for my feet. But she has wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You gave me no kiss, but she, since the time I came in, has not ceased to kiss my feet. 
You did not anoint my head with oil, but she anointed my feet with a perfume. For this reason, I say to you, her sins, which are many, have been forgiven. For she loved much, but he was forgiven little, loves little. And he said to her, your sins have been forgiven. How much sin was in your life then? That you came to your knees as you came to your senses and realized how great our God is to forgive such a great offense. Romans chapter 5. When trouble was in our lives, when while we were living we were dead in our trespasses and sins, God, Rescued us. You see, my soul was in trouble. I didn't even know it. And then through the word, my eyes, thank God, have been open. And God saved me through the waters of baptism. Do you remember? God bless the day you found it. Romans 5 and verse 6. For while we we're still helpless at the right time. Christ died for the ungodly. For one would hardly die for a righteous man. Though perhaps for the good man, some would even dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love toward us. And that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. But here's what God did not do. There are things that God did not do. While I was thankful, I was, thank you, Lord. For, for rescuing me and for revealing yourself to me. But I'm also thankful for the things that God did not do on the day that I found him. The day that he revealed himself to me, the day that he allowed me to find him, there are things that God did not do. God did not care about my education or my status. Thank you, God. God did not care about the color of my skin or my nationality. Thank you, God. God did not care about my financial portfolio. Thank you, God. God did not care about my success. God did not care about my failures. All God cared about was my soul. And he loved me. God blessed the day that I found him. He realized that that I'd been running this, this race my own race. I was in the wrong, I was in the wrong race. <laughs> and he realized that I was just going in a circle. Right? I was just going in a circle. And I couldn't figure out where to go because the direction hadn't been revealed to come to Jesus. I was like Jonah. I had nowhere to go. I had nowhere to run. And I had nowhere to hide. God bless the day. That I found him. God knew. And God knows. And you know what else he knew? He knew my weaknesses. He knew my shortcomings. You ever met someone? You've been studying the Bible with. And they say, well, let me get some things right first. And I said, you already messed up enough. Right? I mean, how many more days do you need? Right? You've already messed up enough. How many more days do you need? You're not going to get it right. Because you cannot without the gift of the Holy Spirit. You cannot without God. We have have woven 
amazingly tangled webs. You know, you know, you go fishing and, and I don't know how it happens, but you, you know, you look at your spool and it's just, you wonder how in the world did all these knots get into my line? Sometimes you just have to cut the line. Right? We just have to, we have to just give it all to Jesus. He gave me direction. He gave me understanding. And for the first time, he gave me purpose. I wasn't just running in a circle any longer. Now I was running with direction. And thank God for that day. That day that I found Jesus. And people are looking for God, aren't they? But here's the problem. Most of the world look for God, their God. You know, they want a God they can control. They want a God that, 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 that they can, can make demands upon. And they say things like, we want peace, and we want this, and we want that. But they don't really want it God's way. They want it their way. If you're looking for peace, joy, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and you're not looking to the God of heaven, the God of the universe, you're looking in all the wrong places. He's not there. You're not going to find God in Satan's cesspool. The blessings of life. Please, John chapter 6. John chapter 6. The blessings of life and the forgiveness of our sins cannot be found with an outward sign of an inward grace. It cannot be found with, with someone sprinkling water on your head. It cannot be found by through a fusion where they pour water on you. It cannot be found with a sinner's prayer. It cannot be found by asking God in your heart. It can only be found by surrender to God in the waters of baptism for the remission of your sins. The old man has to die. That old man's on the wrong track. The old man has to die, and the new man has to be lifted up, raised up by Jesus Christ through the blood of our God and the mercy of our Creator. There is no other way. There is no other way. And if you have sin in your life, you're a member of the church, there's no way for your sins to be forgiven unless you repent. Don't hold that. Don't hold that. Don't hold that. If you need to repent tonight, don't let one day go further. Don't say, I'll do it tomorrow. How much more are you going to mess up? We've already done enough. God bless the day that he opened up the heavens, if you will, through his word and allowed me to find. Sometimes, in our search for God, and we find Him, there are some things that are hard to accept. There are some things that are hard to, to conceptualize in your mind to conceive. You know, like when we're talking now, the one church, and there's only one way. I mean, think about if you were back in the days of Noah. What kind of argument the world must have had then? Well, they, well we can have as many boats as we want. Well, you can try, but there's only one way to be saved. You got to get into the boat, right? Brethren, there's only one way to be saved. And this is what happens. When we came to that fork in the road, remember? Remember the day you came to the fork and you had to make a decision. Here's this hard message where, where you, you read the Bible and it says, uh, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And then it says, unless you believe that I'm here, you will die in your sins. John 8, 24. 
And then, then it says, unless you repent, you will likewise perish. Luke 13, 3 and 5. And, and then it goes on and it tells us, it says, uh, God, if you will, regarding confession, if you confess me before men, I will confess you before my Father in heaven. But if you deny me, I'll deny you. Matthew 10, 32 and 33. You say, Jesus says that? You say, yes, Jesus says that. And then Jesus says in Matthew 6, unless you forgive men, you, your sins will not be forgiven. Wow. And then he says, in the like figure, though baptism also now save you. It's not the putting away of the filth of the flesh, but it's an appeal to God for a clear conscience through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. 1 Peter 3 and verse 21. Repent and be baptized, Acts 2 and verse 38. You receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And you came to that fork, and you had to make a decision. Do I come to Jesus, or do I stay in the world? And sadly, brethren, many have come to that fork, and have turned away from God because it was too much for them to bear. But God blessed the day when we found Him, when we turned to God and surrendered to Him in the waters of baptism and stay true to Him until the day we leave the earth. You see, when Jesus was preaching, the Bible says many who heard walked away. John 6 and verse 67 the Bible says, I'm going to go, I'm reading verse 66. You pick up in verse 67 on the screen. As a result of this, many of his disciples withdrew and were not walking with him anymore. Jesus said, therefore, to the twelve, you do not want to go away also, do you? Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. And we have believed and have come to know that you are the Holy One of God. God bless the day that I found him. Lesson is yours. Thank you for your time tonight. If tonight you would like to surrender to God in the waters of baptism, the door is open. Tonight, if you need prayers made in your behalf, the door is open. The rest is up to you. Thank you.